Huddling up with Upper Cumberland coaches and players. Upperman and Clay County roll in round one of the playoffs. DeKalb County rallies for a stunning win, and the season ends for five Upper Cumberland teams. From UCSportsNation.com, this is the High School Playbook. Upper Cumberland plays the top prep sports. Built by Mountain Barn Builders. Quality products, a high level of workmanship. Mountain Barn Builders, storage buildings, animal shelters, gazebos. Visit Highway 127 between Jamestown and Clark Range. Round one of the state playoffs is over, and a handful of Upper Cumberland teams have had their season in. Good morning from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive at Cookville. I'm Tom Duggan for the high school playbook, and the playoffs indeed are underway, and it's win and go home for this point on. Three teams from the Upper Cumberland region will continue on next week into round two, and uh, the others, for them, their season is over. We'll start things out hitting the scoreboard this morning. Round one saw Clay County with a big win over Sale Creek last night. 55-16, Clay County scoring six first-half touchdowns to take control of that game early. In Class 2A, it was Hampton shutting out Monterey 21 to nothing. A good start to the season for Monterey, but they finished by losing four of their last five. A tough loss on the road, three turnovers, aiding in that 21-0 win for Hampton as Monterey season ends at 6-5. South Green over York Institute, 42 to nothing last night. South Green at 9-2, and two, ranked number 8 in the state, ends the season for the Dragons, who finished with a record of 3-8. and eight. In Class 3A, Jackson County travels down to Dixon County to play Waverly, and Waverly, the number 6 team in the state in Class 3A, gets a 42-6 win. Coach Sean Loftus' Jackson County Blue Devils finish 4-6 and six on the season. The Upperman Bees in Class 4A, they will continue on after an impressive 46-7 win over Saudi Daisy last night. Upperman rushing for 358 yards as a team last night, two 100-yard rushers in that game as Upperman advances with a record of 10-1. and The DeKalb County Tigers found themselves down 21-7 midway through the second quarter last night, but they rallied to beat East Hamilton on the road, 35-21 the final score. DeKalb County now 7-4. They and Upperman will rematch in round two next Friday night over in Baxter. Also in Class 4A, it was Red Bank ending Stone Memorial's season. 41-6 the final score as Stone Memorial's season ends with a record of 6-5. And And in Class 6A last night, the number one team in the state in Class 6A, maybe arguably the number one team overall in the state of Tennessee, Oakland, Blanks Warren County, 49 to nothing. A tough season for the Pioneers, who finished the year at 1-8. and eight. Upperman coach Adam Kane joining us live here at Chick-fil-A this morning. Coach, a big win last night, and it uh, uh, seems like your team just really fired off right, at, uh, right out of the gate last night. Uh, what really impressed you about your team's performance? Yeah, you know, it was a... Uh... A very good performance, uh, you know, playoff win. Um, you know, honestly, it was 14-7 at halftime, and uh, we kind of followed suit as to what we've been doing the last two or three weeks and, and came out second half and outscored them 32 to nothing in the third quarter. Um, I was really impressed with the way the defense looked like we were playing – very intense and, and really fast last night. And uh, I, I was kind of concerned about their offense coming into the ball game. The quarterback was really hot. 
They'd won three in a row. They put up some big points. They got a, they had a really good running back. Um, you know, but we were able to hold them down. I think they had 64 yards passing the whole night, and so that was, uh, you know, an outstanding performance by the defense. Um, we worked really hard all week on, on, you know, getting to our spots basically and, and uh, breaking on the ball. And, you know, the kids uh, – I do know that I've got a really competitive group, and uh, it don't, you know, you don't have to like gas them up at halftime or this, that, and the other. We just make some slight adjustments and and um, it, you know try to give them some pointers on how we can play better, and and uh, they kind of, uh, you know, the competitive part is not something where we have to kickstart them or anything like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, I know they're. They're eager to win and keep playing, and and um, you know that's uh, you know half the battle at this point in the season. I know when we talked last week, coach, you mentioned you expected Saudi to be a bit physical. Did the game have that physical type type of tone that you expected? It did. You know they were. I guess the nicest word I can use is is feisty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some. Uh, at some points, it looked like it the game was turning into more of an MMA fight than, than a football game. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, I think they were, uh, you know, eager to come in and show what they were about. And, and, uh, you know, for a, for, for a half, they, they went toe to toe with us pretty good. Um, but I was more concerned about their quarterback. You know, he, he really threw some, some really good balls, uh, you know, leading up into it. And so I was really pleased that we were able to keep keep him in check. I, I know they were able to move the ball a little bit, but you forced four turnovers last night. And uh, anytime you can force turnovers, is that something, you as being a defensive guy, that you really preach and emphasize trying to force turnovers? You know, I, I probably should. I don't. I, I'm more – I'm more concerned and, you know, the biggest things that I try to teach defensively is, you know, you, everybody's got their eyes on something pre-snap and then everybody's got a spot to get to after after their key tells them what to do. And so the big things that we uh, try to work on is, you know, reading those keys and getting to our spots really fast. Mm-hmm. And, and when we do that, um, you know, the, the guys are, are – we like the contact part of the game. And so when you're physical, um, sometimes those turnovers will follow. Uh, the, the interesting thing is how, um, you know, the, the turnovers kind of come in bunches. Right. And, and when you get one, um, I don't know if it's kind of a feeding frenzy or what, what it may be, but they, they seem to come in bunches. And last night they did. You know, we – we got after the quarterback pretty good up front, uh, you know, sent a couple pressures at him. But then, you know, my three down guys were, were getting after him, and he, he looked a little rattled all night long. And anytime you can make them dudes uncomfortable in the pocket, you got a chance to get a few balls, and we did. Upperman coach Adam Kane joining us live at Chick-fil-A here on the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Jackson Rollins has a big game last night, coach. 11 carries, 191 yards. He accounted for four total touchdowns last night. Uh, uh, I think what it's about, five. Was I it five total five. touchdowns? Four on offense, I guess, when he had a defensive one. Is that De- correct? Yes. Yeah, uh, just uh, what made his performance very special last night? 
I think he, um, you know, um, this is this is Jackson's first year with us, so we're all getting to know him and getting to know each other really well. And I think it's pretty cool. I think he relishes the big games. Um, I think he really enjoys playing in the intense environments. And, um, you know, I think the playoff atmosphere kind of, kind of had him going a little bit and uh he showed out and uh you know he he's got the ability to to be a, a an extremely special player and uh, i think he showed it last night on both sides of the ball he's really becoming a a force on the defensive side as well um you know doing we blitz him a little bit and he's got the speed to get after the quarterback and then obviously his he's kind of known for his uh running the football and he was outstanding last night doing that coach anytime you've got two backs that reach 100 yards in a game you got to talk about the offensive line offensive lines never get talked about enough but uh what really makes this group special this offensive line and it it seems like they've really become that anchor for your offense yeah you know they I, i think uh number one they they do take pride in in blocking for their guys um you know unfortunately for them um i'm their coach i'm their position coach so i don't throw them a lot of you know a lot of compliments uh probably not as much as i should but you know they're they're doing a better job of getting a body on a body and and letting those kids in the backfield make plays and um so yeah i'm 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 proud of them i know they won't be satisfied i know we you know turned a few guys loose and um you know, the deeper we go in, the, in these playoffs, we can't be doing that. And they, you know, they'll know, uh, they know each, each, not just after games, but each, uh, after each practice, you know, they know I'll watch the film and they'll know there'll be a reckoning the, the <laughs> next day. And uh, they respond to it, you know. And, and I think, uh, you know, they're kids that want to do well and they want to win and, and they're competitive and, and, uh, so I know they'll respond and, and work really hard to get better. Round two, it's the DeKalb County Tigers, a team that you saw not even a month ago, and a good ball game between Upperman and DeKalb County then. Coach, is it an advantage or disadvantage to, to play somebody a second time during the season like that? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. You know, um, I think, you know, as a, as a coach, this probably makes it a little easier to prepare for them because you kind of understand, you know, what they're trying to do and, and what they want to do and what they're good at and who their good players are and where you might have some, some matchup advantages or where they might have some advantages. Um, the other thing is, you know, I, you, you, it is tough to play them because uh, that, that thing works both ways. They know the same stuff about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I know coming out of the first matchup, it was a back-and-forth game. Um, you know, they had the lead probably all the way till midway through the fourth quarter. So I'm I'm pretty sure that they're they're going to feel very confident coming in that they can you know do whatever they want to do and um, you know they've they've got a really good player that Knowles kid is a, a huge difference maker. Um, people were asking me all week who do you think will win that game and I was like, you know he's probably going to be the best player on the field and uh, usually in the playoffs um, or or any high school football game. If you've got the best player, you're going to have a chance. Right. And, uh, you know, so 
I'm not surprised at all. I know they were three seed or, or whatever, but you know, DeKalb, that was our toughest game of the year so far. So it, it's going to be a a very huge challenge for us to get you know back on the horse in round two and 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 you know try to get competitive in that game with them and and hopefully we can uh, you know be second half team like we've been and and pull it out in the fourth quarter you have the home field advantage in this game but let me get your perspective on that coach does does home field advantage make a big difference maybe so in the playoffs i guess when you do have like last night a team that travels quite a distance but do you see it making a big difference in most games in high school football (laughs) that's a good question um i feel like we've got a kind of a unique home field advantage um because in- inevitably, especially this time of year, um, the field's going to be really, really wet, <laughs> and it's usually pretty cold this time of year. And our, you know, our facility, our our field house, um, I believe, 20, 25 years ago was built for a 1A football program, um, and so the visitors' locker room has not been expanded any since then, <laughs> and and so it's. It's kind of a small little deal for them, and I think that stuff like that can, you know, it, it can kind of throw you off a little bit going into it. Um, the field conditions we're used to, you know, and um, to, just to be quite honest with you, it's not nobody's ever confused our playing surface with Augusta National <laughs> Golf Course. Um, but – we love it anyway, and, and we've had some success, especially in the playoffs on that field. I'm probably the wrong guy to, to ask this question to. I, I've been in this – this is my seventh year as a head coach taking teams into the playoffs. Um, I've never won on the road. Right. Um, all the times that I've won um, has been at home. So I'm probably a guy that's going to say you're better off – <laughs> playing at home but a, a lot of it's you know the seating um but but again the cab showed that that don't make make much of a difference either i mean they drove to chattanooga and somebody told me they spent the night down there last year uh last night because the bus driver couldn't drive back so uh, they're probably just now getting back into into smithville but um it'll be uh, extremely interesting we know a lot about each other and um I'm just excited to be moving on. Big win for Upperman last night again in the first round of the playoffs, 46-7, to the final score for Saudi Daisy, and it'll be a huge game in the Upper Cumberland next Friday night as Upperman will host DeKalb County in round two. Coach Adam Kane, thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Hey, I appreciate it. Talking some Upperman football with Coach Adam Kane. This is the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. No one covers your favorite high school teams like we do. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Looks like County Bulldogs are on to the second round of the playoffs after a 55-16 blowout win over Sale Creek on Friday night. Coach Jake Johnson joining us this morning via telephone. Coach, after the tough loss to Gordonsville in week 11, I know your team had to be ready to go last night. How fired up was your team going into last night's playoff game? Big time as far as motivation goes. You know, uh, coming up short the week before uh, at Gordonsville for the region championship, you know, and just felt like they had something to prove, you know, came out with a chip on their shoulders and you know, 
I think the final score reflected that. How tough was it for the team coming off that loss at Gordonsville? Such an emotional game, and I know it kind of been building up, you know, for several weeks going into that, but to bounce back the way they did, were you pretty impressed with how your team did bounce back? Absolutely. And, you know, it's the same thing we've been telling them all week. You know, hey, guys, but we've lost one ball game. You know, there's still a second season to play to where the you know, don't matter. <laughs> You know, it's it's win or go home. So I mean, they did very well responding, and you know, <clears throat> getting to that challenge. Coach Sale Creek was a team that had been putting up quite a few points in recent weeks, albeit maybe against uh, some second tier type competition. But were you concerned a bit about that offense going into the game last night? Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think with any kind of production and scoring, uh, you got to give anybody respect, you know, that's capable of doing that. They did some good things. You know, they're really good, and their quarterback was RPO game, throwing stuff off the backside of that game, to keep you honest, and, uh, you know, big up front, and had a really good back to get downhill. I mean, so they moved the ball on us quite a bit. Uh, I know that the score doesn't really look as if they did, but, you know, they did some things that gave us some problems defensively. When you get in the playoffs, you see teams from other areas, and certainly, you know, Chattanooga-type area teams. Seems like the football's a little bit different. Could you tell a difference in, in the style of play of a Sale Creek than maybe some of the teams that you face in this area? Yes and no. Um, you know, the thing about them is, you know, we played in three of the last four years that I've been here, and uh, I mean, it's, it's almost for me. It's not like somebody. Uh, in the region. I mean, you get to this point in time, you know, it's just like, hey, they they do what they do. I mean, you know what to expect uh, versus the same people, you know, that you play all the time that are always, hey, you're trying to outsmart them or they're trying to outsmart you. So, I mean, as far as scouting and things like that, uh, it's, it's a nice, <laughs> you know, uh, breath of fresh air. Right. We're talking to Jake Johnson, the head football coach of the Clay County Bulldogs. A big win in round one last night, 55-16 over Sale Creek. Coach Johnson, who were some of your top performers last night? Oh, we had a, we had a couple. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Markham uh, had a fantastic night. You know, I think 12 carries, 95 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, freshman Nate Adams, uh, you know, he's been pretty solid for us all year. Two interceptions defensively, uh, threw for two touchdowns, ran for another. Uh, ended up tying our single season passing touchdown record as a freshman, and breaking the passing yardage as a freshman. You know, in eight, you know, eight-ish games. You know, he wasn't the full-time starter there. Uh, had a great night. Also, is Jimmy Birch hit over 100 yards receiving, a couple touchdowns, another interception. I mean. Had a ton of kids step up in a game like that. You know, anytime you can get that convincing of a win, uh, it's it's hard to mention them all. Coach, let's talk about the health of your football team this time of year. That's of the utmost importance. Did you come away from last night with no significant injuries? And how healthy are you going into South Pitt next week? Uh, for the most part, you know, we suffered an injury last night, unfortunately, to senior wideout uh, Jeffrey Spivey. <clears throat> uh, took, a, took a hit over the middle. Uh, catching the ball, uh, we he actually had to be carted out in the ambulance. You know, we're still kind of waiting for updates of that, but he seems to be stable. Uh, but you know, uh, other than that, it's it's just the same old 
uh, bumps and bruises, you know, you kind of get accustomed to around this time of the year. Tough news there, and certainly a lot of thoughts and prayers will be going out for that young man for a speedy recovery and hope everything is okay in that situation. As I mentioned, Coach, it's on to the second round, and uh, most folks know all about South Pittsburgh. They've traditionally been a power in Class 1A. What do you know about uh, South Pitt thus far? Have you been able to watch much video so far? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, they're fast. <laughs> you know, they're, they're always fast. Uh, you know, they're extremely athletic. Uh, they've kind of diversified the things they do. Uh, you know, used to, it was, you know, hey, they're going to run, get in shoe to shoe. They're going to run the double wing. They're going to come right at your face, come right at your face, and then try to hit you on the edge. Uh, they're now starting to sprint and open things up and uh, try to get these athletes the ball in space, kind of a different look South Pitt, you know, than the one that I'm used to seeing. But, I mean, they're still very good. I mean, it's a tradition-rich program, and, and you know, they're always going to be talented. Absolutely. And as far as your team goes, Coach, how excited are they for this matchup, knowing the tradition of South Pitt and uh, really knowing what's at stake, a chance to keep their season going and to go down on the road and beat a good football team? Well, you know, excitement for sure. I mean, you know, we're wanting to take the next step. You know, this will be the third consecutive year we went to the second round. And uh, being able to get to the quarterfinals would mean so much to the community and the program and these kids because – you know, that's only been done one time in program history, like in 84, 85, you know, whenever they went to state semis. Other than that, you know, there, there's not been a team, you know, in the history of Clay County slash Salina football to go to the quarterfinals. So, you know, these kids are all about making history. You know, that that seems to be the cliched statement we seem to say all the time. And, you know, these kids, the guys in the locker room throughout the last couple of years have done just that. What is it about this team? And I know, Coach, we've talked a lot about what makes this team up. But now that you're in the playoffs, what is it that you think that's special about this team that convinces you you do have a good chance to make a good run in the playoffs? Well, I mean, obviously they're talented, you know, or we wouldn't be sitting at a point to where we've won 10 games. Uh, but it, it's, the, it's the care for one another. You know, I know we toss around that term family, you know, in the locker room and you talk about playing for each other, but, I mean, these guys are together constantly. I mean, if they're not at practice school together, they're hanging on the weekends. It's one of the club, most close-knit groups I've seen, uh, and that, that's what makes them special is they play for each other. Coach Jake Johnson, a big win last night, 55-16 for the Bulldogs over Sale Creek on to South Pittsburgh for round two. Good luck to you all Friday night, and we look forward to talking to you down the road. Hey, thank you. The Clay County Bulldogs are now 10-1. They are ranked 7th in the state in the most recent uh, AP poll. They will be playing at number 4 South Pittsburgh in round 2 next Friday night. When we come back, we'll talk some York Institute football. This is the High School Playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. Where the coaches hold their pre- and post-game meetings. The Mountain Barn Builders High School Playbook. High School Playbook continues as we break down the first week of the high school football playoffs. York Institute hits the road last night, falls to South Green. Head coach of the Dragons, Kerry Johnson, who joins us now. Coach, uh, what did you see from your football team Friday night? Uh, a four-team playing a one-team, and we just were out coached, out hustled, out hit, uh, out played, just kind of outed. Uh, you know, it's I kind of goes to show. I don't know. You know, I looked at the brackets. I don't think there was a, a single four seed that even played a close game in class one or two. I'm not sure about it, the other classes, but uh, we just uh, 
we got down there and we had some issues. We had some guys get food poisoning after the pregame meal too. So we were we were already shorthanded. It was a it was a lot of okay. It capped a strange year for us. Oh my gosh, that's just like insult to injury, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, we had we had two of them went home. Had a, one of them went to the hospital actually with it at halftime, and the other one went home. They were you know the typical stuff you get with uh, that. I mean you know throwing up and. It was not pleasant for them. Oh, golly. Yeah. And that was one of our starting corners so uh, uh, as well. So And we're playing South Green who throws it 75% of the time. It was a tough situation to be in. But, you know, our, our guys did, you know, we did, we, they did fight to the end, and that's, that's all we were asking at, at you know, at, at that point. We know we, you know, was trying to just skip through and, and move on and, and try to do something, get ready for, you know, build on for something for next year. Yeah, you, you know, you go into those games, and obviously you're trying to win. You're putting a game plan in to win. But at the same time, the experience, the opportunity to practice for another week, how much does that help these younger players that you have on your team? Uh, I think sometimes – I think it depends on your mentality of your team. I think sometimes it's 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 great. And I don't – you know, last week we had a great – the week before, I'm going to week 11 with Rockwood, our season-ending game, our regular season-ending game. Had a great week of practice. Played the best game we played in a while. I think we would have won had we not turned the ball over a couple times. And last week, our practices were not as sharp. And I, I kind of sensed it on Wednesday and Thursday. I thought, oh, gosh, it's, you know, we, we've, been, we've been kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And, uh, and so uh, and it came to fruition there on and. On Friday night, you know, we just didn't look sharp. But, you know, I can't say we didn't, you know, the guys didn't give a lot of effort, though. Where are you, uh, and I know this is an unfair question, uh, just 12 hours after the the game and the season have ended, but do you see development in the things that you want to do as a program? Uh, We're seeing the guys, we're kind of being able to see the guys. it's, It's going to take us forward a little more. I think it especially showed up the last two or three weeks. And this next off season is going to be a, a, a telltale sign on on where we're going. We only lost three seniors that play, so we have a lot of people back. Uh, but some of those people, you know, we want to, you know, we're going to go into off season, and it's this is going to be the first time that I've been able to do the full off season with them this year. It's going to be this upcoming off season because I've had I did double duty. I had softball uh, the other last year as well. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a little, we're going to do a little bit of different stuff in the off-season workout program and want to find out, try to find out who really wants to, to move this program forward because I think we got the potential to have a pretty solid team for the next three, four years. Kerry Johnson is head coach at York Institute as York ends its season with a loss to South Green in the postseason. Uh, when you talk about who wants to be there, what does it take to play for you and to play in this program, what 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 do you need to see? I need to see a little more commitment on, on from some of the guys, especially some of the guys who you hope that are going to be leaders. Uh, uh, this and it's not it's it doesn't have to be a, a raw raw guy that leads by voice, but as much as by example, you know your team, the guys who your team leaders need to be they need to be the first ones out there on the field to practice. They need to be. You know, the last ones off, they need to be the guys who are there to to go over a film study and, and be attentive. And uh, sometimes we haven't had the, a little, had that a lot of times. 
uh, in the last few years. And that's what we're going to focus on, on, and, and got to try to maybe try to teach that and, and show them what it takes because you can't, you know, you cannot, you can't flip a switch on on Friday night is what we've stressed, especially the last half of the season and have intensity. You know, it's got to come during the week. And, and I think a lot of small programs probably go through that with the fact that you don't have somebody in the second spot really pushing you sometimes, uh, as larger programs will. And so they know they probably got a, their position locked down. So that, that's always going to be an issue with a small program. It's going, so it's going to take, it's going to take self-discipline and commitment to overcome that. You have to manufacture that intensity in your own mind of that guy breathing down your neck, so to speak. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. Can you put into words kind of the, the up and downs of, of this season, what it's been like? Uh, this season actually was tougher uh, than last, as far as that goes. I, I you know, last year was uh, we didn't we had the COVID issue, didn't get a lot of practices, so you kind of didn't know you didn't know what, where you guys were were going to be. This year, you know, we started off and we almost changed offenses completely by the end of the year because we lost three of our four were starting receivers. We were kind of running the spread and throwing it some, and and so we halfway through the season, we're basically almost turned into a whole different offensive team. Uh, kind of going back to what I used to do before, you know, triple option stuff, and and so it's kind of hard to adjust that to that in in, uh, in season, and uh, so hopefully we're going to have those guys back. But it's uh, you know our line we were very inexperienced. I looked out there one time in the second half last night in the third mid the third quarter, we had I think we had only three guys on the field who were starters at the first of the year, and that time, at that time we still had our first unit in there supposedly. And so, uh, uh, at least they get, they've got a lot of experience and they're going to be, and I, we told them to take a good look at that scoreboard last night when it showed 42 to nothing up there. You know, let this sit in. Coach, we do appreciate all of your time this year in uh, helping us cover the Dragons and share the story of high school football across the Upper Cumberland and look forward to catching up with you as we get into the spring. All right. I appreciate you guys too. You do a great job for all the high school programs across the state. Coach Kerry Johnson, head coach of York Institute. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Covering high school sports from Jamestown to McMinnville. In case you missed the big news last week, Cookville coach Jimmy Maynard decided to retire after 42 years of coaching on the high school level. Coach Maynard joins us by telephone this morning. Coach Maynard, what emotions are you going through right now as you step away from high school football? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's kind of a situation that I've, you know, never experienced, so I really don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I guess you can take a deep breath and know that, that uh, uh, you know, the pressures of that is, is not with you anymore. You can, you know, move on to a different segment in your life and, and do something different. Not sure what that's going to be, but... You know, I, I will say this. It's been a it's been a great forty two years. I've enjoyed it. I mean it's 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 really not a job. You feel like you, you you know, I know a lot of people don't like the job, but I've I've enjoyed my job and enjoyed it for forty two years and obviously there's parts of it you don't like. I don't like losing. I uh, you know, I, that's definitely no fun, but I do enjoy uh, being around the kids and the camaraderie you have with your coaches and, and just uh you know, that's all I've ever done. I, I was an athlete, played a lot of sports, and, and I knew from an early age, like the seventh grade, that I wanted to be a coach. And 
and I pursued that, and and uh, you know it, it's it's been a it's been a good career, uh, and, and you know and the people in Cobble have been tremendous. I've been here nine years, and you know we've had very competitive football teams. The, the, the players have been great. Our faculty, our administration, it's just been it's been a good experience for me for sure. Well, Coach, I know you're going to be missed in the coaching industry. Before we get into talking about uh, the game on Wednesday night and kind of reflecting on this season, where did your coaching career begin, and uh, where are some of the stops that you made along the way? Well, you know, I, be- I began 42 years ago at White County. I, I graduated from Tennessee Tech and, and started right after graduation. Uh, uh, I was there for 10 years. I actually started with my high school coach. He was the head coach, and I was an assistant coach, and and uh, for six years under him, then I became the head coach for four years, and so I was there a total of ten years. Uh, I left there to go to Riverdale with Coach Rankin to be his defensive coordinator, and I, I stayed there for five years and, and worked for that program. And, uh, and and then I left there and went to Upperman, and uh, I coached there for four years. We, you know, kind of went into that program. It was it's pretty down, and got that program going pretty pretty well. And, uh, and then left to go to Smith County and was at Smith County for 14 years. Uh, uh, had a lot of wins at Smith County, uh, really good program. And actually I was, a, for 10 of those years, I was the principal and football coach. And then I guess the past nine years I've been here at Cooper High School. So that's kind of stayed around this upper Cumberland area in my 42 years. What do you think the biggest thing that has changed about high school football over the last 42 years that you've seen? Well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think the players have gotten much bigger and much stronger as far as, as the players part of it, and, 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 and a lot more skillful. You know, I can remember when I first started coaching, you really didn't have to coach the secondary very much because nobody ever threw the football. You know, they, they, everybody ran the football. It was triple option or, or, or wing tee and that type of stuff. And, of course, now it's evolved into, gosh, I mean, empty sets, spread sets, and everything. So... You know, that part of it has changed a lot. And, and you know, I don't know. I, I think uh, uh, the kids, that, that part of it has changed too. I mean, you know, early on there wasn't as many things for kids to do back back in those days when I first started. And, and, and I think now there's a whole lot more for them to do. And, uh, you know, I've been, been fortunate that everywhere I've been, I think our kids have been very dedicated. We've always had very good numbers and our kids have played, which that's, you know, I think that's good because that's not always the case at a lot of places. But, uh, you know, that part of it's changed a little bit. And, and, I, and I don't know because you change yourself in time as a coach and you start doing things different than you did, you know, when you first started. But that's a few things that I can think of right now that, that, that's changed for sure. Coach Jimmy Maynard joining us here on the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders as he announced his retirement from coaching this week and from Cookville High School as head coach. Uh, coach, your last game, not the way you'd like to go out. And uh, I know, you, you know, every coach hates to lose a, a tough night and uh, frustrating night, I guess. And that seems to have been the theme throughout the season, frustration. Just uh, is that been the maybe the buzzword for this team this year, just frustrating as far as the way games have played out? Well, I, I think some of them have been that way. But, I, you know, last night obviously was uh, uh, a tough night. You know, we knew our quarterback got hurt uh in the Blackman game in the first quarter. So we knew going in, you know, we had a freshman quarterback, and, and he did a tremendous job for a freshman. He you know, only a couple of days of practice and that type of stuff, but which makes it hard. But 
you know, we played a good, simple team. I think their record doesn't indicate how good a team they really are because they played a really tough schedule, but they do have a lot of good athletes. And, you know, we had some turnovers. We had, you know, we gave up three touchdowns from the offensive side, two, two fumbles returned for, for touchdowns and a pick six. So, you know, but, I, you know, we didn't play well. I mean, we, we, we didn't do a good job blocking. We just really didn't play well. And, uh, but that's not always been the case. I think there's been a lot of games that we have played well. We just, you know, we just, for whatever reason, come up on the short end. I mean, just couldn't catch a break here or there. Or, you know, can't convert a fourth down or can't convert down in the red zone when we had a chance to tie a game. Or, you know, it's just one of those years that, that it just did not go our way. And, and again, I, you know, we're not, and, I'm, and we know this, we're not as talented as we've been in years past athletically, uh, size-wise or speed-wise. But our but our kids have tried hard. They played hard. They, I said this week in and week out. They always come to practice. They're they're there trying to give us their best effort. Uh, our coaches are working as hard as they've ever worked. And uh, there's just some years that that you're just you know you go through that. And I've never been through it. I've never had a season like this. I in, in my 42, and it's tough. And it's and and I told our players it, it gets it, you know I'm a competitor and. It gets in my gut, buddy. I don't like to lose, and uh, but I want to compete and try to win every game, and 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 I've done that for 42 years, and, and it's just unfortunate that you know this team was uh, was one and nine, and and that's not what we want to be. That's not a goal that we have, but you know for whatever reason that it happened, and you know we we just have to live with it, and, you know know that that we got gave it our best shot and that's all you can ask that's all anybody can do and and, and i told our kids you know sometimes i think and i've said this before you you learn from failure when you're in in, in today's society especially in education it's changed so much that we don't uh, kids it's pretty hard for a kid to fail now we don't we don't fail kids i mean we we figure out a way for them to pass and i and i think that's i, I think that's doing an injustice in my personal opinion i think I think you have to learn to fail because at some point in your life you're going to fail, and when you when you don't allow that to happen, then when it does happen, it's it's kind of hard to understand and kind of hard to accept. So, football, you know, you're going to fail in football for sure. I think you know it teaches it teaches those life lessons that that you don't learn other places and other sports, and it's a tough game. Uh, it, it's a grind every every day, every day in practice is a grind, and it's tough. You know, when you get knocked on your can, you're out there and it's 95 degrees and you've got on helmets and shoulder pads and somebody across the line is trying to knock your head off. It's a tough sport. And I admire any kid that wants to play the game because I think it's the greatest game and uh, always will. Coach Jimmy Maynard, we wish you all the best moving forward. 485 games coached, 42 years, and uh, we just wish you all the best. Coach Maynard, as always, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk with us today. Hey, hey, thank you so much. Thank you for all you all guys do for for high school football. You do a tremendous job. We'll recap the scores from week one of the playoffs and look ahead to round two when we come back to the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Bobcats to Tigers. They all get along here. Talking prep sports. The high school playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. Coming to you live from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville, the high school playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. And, of course, 
Round one of the TSSAA state playoffs in the books. And, of course, uh, more playoff action coming up. Let's recap the scores from Friday night. Clay County in Class 1A gets a big win over Sale Creek, 55-16, to as Clay County putting up six scores in the first half, jumped out early in that football game, and uh, kept Sale Creek, which had been a high-scoring offense. Sale Creek entered the game last night ha- having averaged 64.3 points per game in their last four games. That Clay County defense holds them down to 16, 55-16, the final score, as the seventh-ranked Bulldogs move to 10-1, and on the season. Over at Class 2A, turnovers does in the Monterey Wildcats last night. Monterey had turnovers on each of their first two possessions of the game. They had three total on the night as they lose at number 10 Hampton, 21 to nothing the final score. Hampton will advance on to play Rockwood in round two. Meanwhile, the season is over for the Monterey Wildcats who finished six and five on the season. York Institute, as we spoke to Coach Kerry Johnson earlier, tough uh, way for their season to end last night as well. They travel up to number eight South Green and find themselves on the short end of a 42-0 score last night. South Green will advance with a record of 9-2 on the season. While the campaign is over for Coach Johnson's Dragons, they will finish the season 3-8 overall. In Class 3A last night, the Jackson County Blue Devils Travel down uh, actually to Dixon County. Of course, we've all heard the story about Waverly and the devastating flooding that impacted that community back in August. Waverly has had to play all of their games on the road this season. The two teams met up in Dixon County last night, and Waverly ranked sixth in the state in the 3A classification, walked away with a 42-6 win over Jackson County. Waverly will improve to 9-1 and overall on the season. Jackson County is now 4-6 and six as their season comes to a close. We spoke with Coach Adam Kane of the Upperman Bees earlier. His team took it to Saudi Daisy last night, 46-7, breaking open what was a close game early on at 14-7. Upperman forces four Saudi Daisy, Saudi Daisy turnovers in that game to win it comfortably by 39. Upperman, who is ranked number seven in the state in the 4A classification, improves to 10-1, and one. On the season, Saudi Daisy, their season is over at 4-7. and seven. The DeKalb County Tigers, what a night for them last night. They find themselves down 21-7 to seven with about seven minutes to go in the second quarter, but they completely turn it around, score 28 unanswered points, including a pick six in late in the fourth quarter to, to uh, seal it as DeKalb County wins over East Hamilton 35-21. to 21. East Hamilton entered that game ranked number eight in the state in the 4A classification. DeKalb County gets two rushing touchdowns in that ball game from Colby Barnes and another touchdown for Isaac Knowles as they improve to seven and four overall, and they will advance advance on into round two of the postseason. Number 11, Red Bank, over Stone Memorial last night. 41-6 was the final score there as Stone Memorial has their campaign wrapped up with a 6-5 record overall on the season. In Class 6A last night, it was the number one team in the state in the 6A classification. The Oakland Patriots, no problem with Warren County. 49-0, the final score there. Warren County's had a tough season as uh, some COVID issues certainly 
held them back at the start of the season. They battled through that and some injuries. They finished one and eight on the 2021 season. Some other area scores of interest last night. It was number five Gordonsville in the 1A classification, 35 to eight over Copper Basin. The Gordonsville Tigers will move on to round number two as they improved to 10 and one overall on the season. South Pittsburgh blanks Red Boiling Springs 56 to nothing. South Pitt ranked number four in the state. Now at eight and two, the Red Boiling Springs Bulldogs, their season is complete now with a record of three and seven. It was number nine Watertown in class 2A over Bledsoe County, 45-7 the final score there. Watertown has been red hot of late as they improved to eight and three overall on the season. The Purple Tigers will advance on into round two after their win last night over the Bledsoe County Warriors. Trousdale County keeps it rolling. A 31-16 win over Tyner Academy in a battle of a couple of teams ranked in the top 20 of the 2A classification. With the victory, Trousdale County improves to 9-1 overall on the season. Class 3A, it was Smith County over Fairview last night. Number 12, Fairview in the 3A classification. 18-7 the final scores. The Owls improved their record to 6-5 overall. Smith County also overcoming a slow start to their season, been playing some really good football up late. The Cannon County Lions, they got their first playoff win since 1978 on Friday night as Cannon County welcomed in Signal Mountain, and the Lions get out with a 10-7 victory last night. With the win, Cannon County improves to 7-4 and four on the season, and they will advance on to round two of the Class 3A state playoffs. And in Class 4A, Macon County edges Chattanooga Central, the number 12-ranked team in the state in the 4A classification. Macon County with a 28-26 victory. Macon County with the victory will improve to 8-3. and three overall on the season so that sets up round two and uh, for the upper Cumberland matchups next week Clay County at number seven will travel down to take on number four South Pittsburgh in a big second round matchup for the Bulldogs in class 4a as we spoke to coach Adam Kane about it will be the Upperman Bees hosting the DeKalb County Tigers those two teams played back on October 15th Upperman would rally late and hold off to Cap County 24 to 14. And the rematch this time will be played over at Upperman High School in Baxter next Friday night. Other area matchups in round two. It's another region, uh, another uh, region matchup between Gordsville and Joe Burns as the Gordsville Tigers at 10 and 1 will welcome their region foe over to the Tiger Den in a Class 1A matchup. Class 2A will be Watertown, ranked ninth in the state, taking on number six, Marion County. A couple of big second-round games, as a matter of fact, with Marion going to Watertown. And then the Trousdale County Yellow Jackets, a team most saw as a certain Blue Cross Bowl finalist uh, competitor going into the season. Trousdale County's got a tough task ahead of them. They must take on number one next county in round two in Class 2A. Class 3A, Smith County will travel up to take on number five, White House, while the Cannon County Lions will look to keep their playoff drive going. They will travel to number four, Loudon next week. And in Class 4A, it will be Macon County playing at number 11, Red Bank. I want to say some special thanks this morning, Coach Adam Kane of the Upperman Bees, for coming out and being with us in person this morning. Coach Jake Johnson visiting with us today via telephone. 
We also want to thank Coach Kerry Johnson of the York Institute Dragons, Coach Jimmy Maynard of the Cookville Cavaliers, Will Hearn, our studio producer. A big thanks to Mr. Larry Stone also for helping out this morning, and uh, Franklin McCarthy, our on-site producer here with us today. And big thanks to Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville. And for the High School Playbook, I'm Tom Duggan saying so long. The High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Constructing storage buildings of all sizes for your backyard. The perfect shed. Added storage from Mountain Barn Builders. Online at mountainbarnbuilders.com. Or see your building up close. Highway 127. Get the scouting report on all the week's prep action. Online now. UCSportsNation.com.